How are you wonderful people doing? My name is Michael, or is known as Third Gen Gamer, and welcome to the Third Gen Cast. Alright, we are on to the next episode, and let's just say that we have a few topics that are rather interesting, worth talking about, so it's rather exciting. When it's going to be talking about the whole GameStop incident, as well as we're going to talk about there's some speculation about Pokemon Diamond and Pearl uh, remakes that are coming out. And there's other talks about what the actual remake will be. And, you know, then we'll also talk about some, you know, equipment stuff, which, by the way, we'll actually talk about that right now. So uh, this will be probably the last podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, this will be the last time where I will actually have this webcam that I'm currently using right now, which is the C920 Logitech webcam, which is... Yeah, it's an old webcam. It's I think I got it like four or five years ago. Does 1080p, which is nice, 30 frames per second. And yeah, no, I mean, as far as my lighting setup is concerned, I didn't need to upgrade. At least it was not one of my lowest priorities. It was one of my lowest priorities because with good lighting, you can take a, uh, a not so great camera and still make it look rather decent. Lighting is always key. But today was the day I actually did make a big purchase, a big move. So we will be having a DSLR camera be our main camera for not only my YouTube channel content, but is also for the third gen cast podcast live streams or not live streams, uh, podcasts. I don't know why I said live streams because I just got done with the live stream. I was doing a Pokemon Nuzlocke live stream, Pokemon X with advanced Nuzlocke rules. No healing items in battle. Set mode, which means I cannot switch in between Pokemon. And also we have level caps at each gym where I can't have a Pokemon that's above the the next gym leader's ace Pokemon. So yeah, it's a fun little series. So far, I've had some pretty pretty good luck with my randomizer, which is really cool. And uh, we'll see how it goes from here. I mean, I don't think this is going to be a tough challenge considering I've done all these other hard Nuzlocks like Pokemon Unbound, Pokemon Radical Red. It shouldn't, in theory be super difficult but we'll see we'll see how it goes because yeah a randomizer can literally throw everything at you so if you don't know what i'm talking about as far as a randomizer is concerned basically i load in the game into this randomizer and then you can change you can randomize the moves items that you can find throughout the game uh uh pokemon pokemon trainers pokemon and then also with this newer version you can actually add pokemon to team like to uh certain trainers like for gym leaders and important battles I made it so each gym leader or important battle gets one more Pokemon on their team. So like it's a really cool idea and it does add a little bit of variability versus if I did a, a Nuzlocke that uh, is the same game over and over and over again, which is what I've been doing with Unbound. It, it, at one point, it kind of gets, you know, it gets a little old when you see the same stuff over and over again. So a randomizer kind of spice things up a little bit, even if sometimes the randomizer can make it easier. But anyways, I kind of went off tr uh, off track there, or off topic. But yeah, I'm going to have a new camera. Uh, that's what I was going to be talking about until I went to this whole Pokemon tangent because I made a mistake in my commentary. But uh, yeah, uh, it is going to be the Panasonic G7. Or it's a Lumix G7. It is a, it's actually a camera that's about five years old now. Like that was five years ago when it came out. But it's so popular that people are still using it today because it really holds up. From five years ago, it does 1080p, 60 frames per second, 4K, 30. And I mean, that's pretty solid. And also, since it's so popular, they even still make the camera, which I don't know if that's a common thing to make a camera model 
that is, you know, five years old. I mean, it's kind of crazy. So I end up picking one of those up. Got a cam link, which will be coming in the mail on Tuesday. Hopefully everything works because by the time we have it all set up, ready to go for the next podcast, we should, you know, have good video quality. I mean, you're probably looking at this and be like, well, it's fine. Like if you're watching this on YouTube, which by the way, go check it out. Third Gen Gamer, that's my YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, just make sure if you want to look it up, don't put spaces in because YouTube doesn't like to show my live stream or my channel. If there's spaces for some reason, I don't know. But anyways, yeah. So having this new camera coming in is going to be really exciting. I had to get not only a new camera, but also just a. I have to get like a battery, portable battery thing where I actually plug it in, but then I also could plug it into the wall. And then also I had to get uh, an HDMI, a, I think it was micro HDMI to HDMI, something like that. And yeah, all that will be coming in. I think the, the cam link and like a cable is coming in on actually to, would it be? No, Sunday. It'd be on Sunday. And then the actual camera is coming in on Tuesday. So that's exciting. So yeah, that's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm happy that we actually are going to get a camera upgrade. That was one thing I really wanted to do this year to get a camera upgrade. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. We'll full send it. We're going to go and get a camera. So here we are. Soon we will have, assuming everything works, by the way, if there's for some reason the camera is like defective or something, I'll obviously have to, you know, get a new one. But as far as, yeah, but I mean, next podcast, we should have some beautiful quality and obviously I'll be messing around with some settings. Maybe it won't be perfect right from the get go, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, okay. So there's that new equipment, which is really exciting. I, it's always nice to have fancy new equipment, even though the, the camera I'm getting is not necessarily the most expensive DSLR camera, but it's the best bang for your buck as they say. So yeah, it's a $500 camera. Uh, it comes with a lens, which is pretty nice. I mean, I don't think I need anything super crazy. I just went with the, the whatever lens it came with, though there were two options. It was like another one was like 300 bucks for a lens, like 300 bucks more. Like it was the same camera, but a different lens, 800 bucks. I'm just like, what? It's kind of crazy, you know? Like that the fact that the lens is that important, like that it's that expensive, you know? And it's kind of weird how some cameras don't come with a lens. It's like, then... Are you, how are you going to use it? Like if you're going to sell someone a camera because you need to have a lens on it in order to take video, pictures, whatever, why don't you just give it a basic lens? Like I looked up, what was it? Just like the dream camera, the GH5. And let's just say that it was two, was it $2,000 and it didn't even come with a lens. And I'm just like, what? You gotta be kidding me. That is just, that. that's literally insane. I I, that, I just can't get my mind, I, I can't wrap my mind around that idea that, yeah, uh, yeah, the camera's expensive, but also the lens can also be extremely expensive as well. It's like, oh my goodness, just give it a basic lens. At least get, get it so people can actually use it. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. So yeah, the cam link that I'm gonna be hooking that up to my computer, it's like a USB to, it has like an HDMI in on the end. Then you just hook up the HDMI cable to that. And then, yeah, they have like a list of supported cameras. And this camera was not on the list, but it seemed like their list was very limited. Uh, th this is actually from Corsair. Elgato is a uh, kind of like a, I don't know, it's like a subsidiary or I don't know. How, I don't know what the correct uh, way to describe it is, but it's kind of like it's a it's like a company within a company because they bought out uh, the Elgato gaming streaming service, like all the all the entire brand. They bought it out and it's under their roof now. 
And yeah, they had a list. It was very basic, but I actually did do some research and people do use the G7 for cam link and it seems like it works fine. So that'll be good. I'm not going to go and buy just a camera on that list if it's like ridiculously expensive because I have no need for it. I really don't. But yeah, so there's that. Uh, I guess let's actually talk about the uh, let's talk about Pokemon Diamond and Pearl because there was something interesting where it was like, okay, you hear rumors that Diamond and Pearl is going to come out. Then I saw there was an article that claims that Diamond and Pearl merchandise was actually being produced or it was starting to be sold, which would indicate that if there's going to be new Pokemon Diamond and Pearl merchandise, that there will be, you know, a Diamond and Pearl remake. And I've heard random things about Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, at least the remake. Some people are saying it's going to be a full-fledged game. And somebody said it, and then some other people are thinking, oh, well, it's it might be a Let's Go type game. Or if, you know, like if you haven't played the uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, I hope it's not that. I did not like that. I mean, it was fun for like one playthrough, but then after that, it's just like, ugh, I don't, it's not that fun outside of that. Basically, what they did was they made the battling and the mechanics of the game extremely basic compared to the core games. And then when you go and battle wild Pokemon, you don't actually battle them. You throw Pokeballs like you would with Pokemon Go, the Joy-Con. You would just, you know, shake a remote and then it'd throw a Pokeball and it would hit it. And it's like, I was not a huge fan of Let's Go. And if Diamond and Pearl has their remake and it's a Let's Go game, that is not going to go well. It is not going to go well at all. I mean, will I still buy it? Probably. Would I be hyped about the game? I mean, I'd still be excited to play it, but would I be replaying it over and over again if it was Let's Go? No, absolutely not. Ah, uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. It, it's, it, the main point of creating Let's Go for the Pokemon company was that they had a rather big audience playing Pokemon Go. I'm not sure what the player base size is now, but they wanted to bridge people that played Pokemon Go, which there were a lot of people that never played Pokemon before, played Pokemon Go because, I mean, when the game first came out, what was that, in 2017? I think it was 2017, July 2017. I could be wrong on that. But, yeah, there were a lot of people who never played Pokemon, played Pokemon Go because everyone was playing. It's like, oh, go around the world, catch Pokemon. It's a cool concept. I mean, I used to play it all the time. I mean, I rarely turn it on nowadays, but I think, what level am I? Like, level 37? So I, I did put a lot of hours into Pokemon Go. But, yeah, I haven't really played on a consistent basis probably in over a year. I mean, it's a fun game to play with friends, you know, to go out and, you know, do stuff. But in the end, I mean, if they turn, they turn that into a video game, like that's, you know, not, I mean, you could technically play with friends, like you do two player, but still it's not the same. And for someone like me, that's more of a hardcore Pokemon player. It just, that game just was not the best experience for me. It was just way too easy way too easy, especially the Pikachu and the Eevee in that game. You could teach it like these special moves and it made it like super broken. It was just like so ridiculous. It was like, what was it? There were moves and then the names were stupid too, like Zippy Zap and Splishy Splash or something. I don't know for sure. Zippy Zap. I don't know. Splishy Splash. I could be wrong on that, but it's just like they have all these moves that sound ridiculous, but they're broken for these Pokemon. So you could just use those and just plow through the game, which I mean, in a way, kind of makes Pikachu more usable because I know Pokemon yellow, you couldn't evolve it. And uh, it, it was fine at the beginning of the game. But when you got towards the late game, the Pikachu was kind of bringing back, holding back the team a little bit, you know, 
but yeah, no, I would say that if Pokemon Let's Go gets a new rendition and that is Diamond and Pearl, I can guarantee you people will not be happy. I mean, there might be some people that are still hyped no matter what, but I would say the people that were upset about Sword and Shield for probably the most obscure things will definitely be upset about Let's Go or if, if it was a Let's Go game. Because, yeah, people just want a full-fledged Pokemon game. Now, Pokemon Go, while some people still play it, I'm assuming is not a huge audience anymore. But, uh, yeah, at least what it was before. So I, it wouldn't make them make any sense to do another Let's Go game. And if that's the case, oh, gosh, that would be so bad. But hopefully it is a regular remake that is just the full-fledged experience, Sword and Shield graphics plus better Uh in the Sinnoh region. I mean, there's nothing else to say about that. That would be extremely hype. If they do Diamond and Pearl, obviously there won't be Distortion World. Maybe post-game they will do Distortion World or something. I, I wouldn't think they would want to throw that away entirely. But yeah, Distortion World would be such a, a big deal. Maybe like with uh, like Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, they had the Delta episode. Maybe they'll do like a, a Distortion World episode or something for the post-game. I think that would be really cool. And I'm sure they could take all the good elements of Pokemon Platinum, put it into the Diamond and Pearl remakes, and then, of course, the Distortion World stuff. Because I felt like the story was much more developed in Pokemon Platinum versus Diamond and Pearl. At least I felt like that was the case. I felt like more of it was tied together, more story. I could be wrong in that. Maybe I just don't remember the games entirely, I, like, to the point where I'd be like, oh, yeah, the story was better. I just felt like Platinum just kind of filled the gaps. But I feel like in most cases, that's usually how that works. Like Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Ruby and Sapphire were good. They had good story. But the thing is, Emerald really did a good job tying everything together. It's always that third version that seems like that really ties everything together. Black and White. Uh, Black and White 2. I didn't like the having the two different versions for the remake of, or like for the third iteration. But the story was significantly better in Black and White 2. I mean, that was no question. So, I mean... Yeah, I would say I would say expect a lot of the Pokemon Platinum story to be in Diamond and Pearl with obviously a few differences because Giratina would possibly be post game. But yeah, no, I uh, yeah, uh, I thought we talked about this before. At least I feel like we did. But just having them turn that underground into something that everyone could do, that would be really fun. Like if you could join in with friends then you could actually do those underground games. I never got to do that when I was a kid. Like I never played with friends in the underground. I never really got to experience that. So giving people the ability to do it online is huge. Maybe include the Dynamax stuff down. Oh my gosh, why my my voice is just going out on me? Maybe because I just did a live stream and now I'm going to this. I don't know, maybe, not sure. But I apologize for my voice cracks. But uh, yeah, the uh, yeah, I'd love to see Dynamax be a part of the underground as well. So... Yeah, then also fix the freaking YCOM. That, that, that's a mess. That is an actual mess. So let us talk about the uh, the GameStop incident and the uh, AMC, all the other stocks where people. So these large hedge, fund, hedge funds were shorting these stocks by an extraordinary amount. Uh, people on Reddit were like, hey, we don't want you to do that because that could ultimately destroy the company. So we're going to buy in. And yeah, then there was a war, well, not well, war, theoretically speaking, between the hedge funds and Redditors. I was included into this. And yeah, no, I, I, we just saw throughout the week uh, how regulators and all these other people slowed down the movement and it kind of died. <laughs> it kind of died. 
like uh they kept restricting stocks from being bought. Then as soon as the hype died down, then they loosened restrictions. And it's like, okay, now the, the movement, the hype is gone. I still have AMC. Like I still have that as a position, but as far as like GameStop and all this other stuff, yeah, no, I don't have those anymore. And I, I lost a little bit of money. I mean, I, like I said, like when I talked about it, uh, never put in money that you're, uh, afraid to lose because once that happens, then, like at least that you put money in, like let's say you put in like a loan or something like, ah, oh, you know, I'll make more money that I can pay back the loan and then have extra money. That is not the way to go. I'm sorry, but it's just not. You're you're risking a lot by doing that, because let's say it goes down to zero. Not only you owe the ten thousand dollars you loaned out or you're borrowing, but also there's interest. And then also, yeah, it's it's a mess. And I know I feel like there are a lot of people that did that and that's just not smart. And obviously you need to know when to, you know, leave the market because, yeah, I mean, I'm still in it. Like if something happens like that's bad next week, I mean, I guess that's on me, but I still want to see what happens because I still have my AMC position. It's already at a low price. It could go lower, but I feel like it's kind of at that price range where it's like, I feel like it'll still stay around there. And then also I could just transfer those stocks out because I actually did make a new investment account because I just completely got rid of uh, pretty much got rid of Robinhood other than my AMC stock. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be transferring those over to Fidelity because I tried to open up my Webull and they never accepted my account. But then literally I went on Fidelity and I went through, I put all my tax information, whatever, all that, not necessarily tax information, but just like information, personal information, they opened up my account in less than five minutes. I'm just like, okay, come on, Weeble, really? So yeah, I'm on Fidelity now as far as my uh, investments are concerned. I don't have anything invested again yet. I have to put money back in, the money that I pulled out from Robinhood into there. But yeah, no, we everything will be in there soon. Put money back into investments and we'll just have it grow. Grow, 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 and grow. And also, I actually moved all my crypto out of Robinhood too because... There's a lot of bad uh, press for Robinhood right now. A lot of people are upset with them. And there's a lot of lawsuits happening, class action lawsuits based on all the actions they took, the lying. They said, uh, for example, they were deceiving people or they weren't deceiving people, but people were saying that they were deceiving them because he was saying, oh, we're restricting restricting uh, stock because it's supposed to protect the investor, which to some extent that's true, but Still, people have the right to buy whatever they want, so it doesn't make any sense. They took out a loan. Uh, this is a billion-dollar loan liquidity for liquidity, even though they said it wasn't for that, but it was because there was an issue with how people were buying stocks. Like Because the volume was so high, uh, a lot of these brokers had to pay a higher amount of money to these clearinghouses uh, to get these stocks to the point where it's like, oh, you had to pretty much just buy the whole share Robinhood had to. And obviously, they can't afford that, but they should have just said, hey... Uh, we're restricting this because uh, because of how this is being handled. I mean, I don't know the best way how they would be able to describe it, but what they said did not make any sense. People are upset and Robinhood could go under. They're going to lose a lot of customers and I do not want my money in that account, especially for my crypto, because uh, they. I guess the government has like a insurance from what I understand and it's supposed to be like a... It's supposed to be where if let's say a company like a broker company goes under, 
then the government insures it where they pay you back for what happens. Because if they take your money, they go out of business, that you shouldn't lose all your money. So I believe there's like an insurance or something. I could be wrong on that. Like, I don't know the exact specifics, but if you have it in crypto, it's not covered. So if Robinhood went under, my crypto would too, and I wouldn't get any money back from like insurance and whatnot. So it's a mess. So that's why I got it all out and I actually entered it into Coinbase. I bought all my crypto back. Bitcoin, Ethereum are up big right now. There's a lot of people that are really bullish right now for Bitcoin and Ethereum, especially Ethereum. Some people are saying it could hit 5,000 very soon. If that happened, oh my goodness, I would be ecstatic. That would be amazing. I would love that so, so much. Because yeah, no, uh, Ethereum. Yeah, no, I have, I have a bit into Ethereum. I have some into Bitcoin, but obviously because Ethereum is cheaper, I was able to get more Ethereum. So yeah, obviously if it goes up to 5,000, that's, that's a huge deal. I don't know how quickly that'll be, but we'll see. But yeah, no, I have it into Coinbase and then I actually opened up a blockchain account, which is like a virtual, it's like a wallet. And yeah, that it's basically once you buy the crypto, you could buy, you could actually buy crypto in on blockchain, but I actually already bought it into Coinbase before I actually opened that up. Anyways, you could transfer your Bitcoin, Ethereum, and mo a lot of cryptos into this crypto wallet. And it's severely secure. So like, I mean, it's really secure. So if you want to have a crypto wallet, I would I would recommend blockchain. It is insane because like they give you like a wallet number you have to keep track of. You have to keep track of a password as well as you have to, if you can set up two-factor authentication. So people need access to your phone in order to get in. And also, if you forget your password, they give you like a 12-word combination. Like you just get 12 words and just keep them stored somewhere because if you get in or if you can't get in with your password, these words would be able to get you into your account to change it. And yeah, it's it's a big it's really cool. And then let's but the thing is, if you lose your password, lose your wallet number or code, whatever, you lose all of your Bitcoin. I mean, or whatever crypto you have stored in that wallet. So you have to be very careful. It's one of the negatives because, yeah, they don't I from what I understand is that they don't store any information on their website, like once the account's made, then they can't access your account at any point whatsoever. So it's kind of, it's very interesting. I, I guess I don't know the specifics on how that works, but it's still a really cool idea that, uh, and yeah, I'm going to move all my uh, crypto that I have right now over to the blockchain website. So if, yeah, if you're looking into getting a crypto wallet, I would definitely recommend looking at that. I'm, I'm sure there's other options too you could explore. Maybe there's better ones out there, but that's just the one that I happened to come across. And it looks good. I I do like it. it. It does look really secure. So eventually I will transfer that over into there. But yeah, so it's been a rather interesting week outside of, you know, got new equipment, uh, got the, the whole financial situation thing and also the the rumor about diamond and pearl remakes uh like at least that they are for sure coming oh yeah, that was another thing i want to talk about diamond and pearl my question is will they do a direct for it they haven't done directs in a long time nintendo usually when they have a big pokemon announcement they have a pokemon direct i mean pokemon's huge it just is so when they actually do when they have a big announcement, they do that, but they haven't been doing any major directs. I mean, they did like, uh, I don't know what direct minis or something where it's all, uh, like indie game developers 
or I think maybe even some third party developers, but there's really nothing too crazy in the direct minis, but they haven't really been doing a whole lot of directs. So there's a question of whether or not they are going to be doing those on a larger scale anymore. Who knows? I mean, with considering, you know, what's going on with, you know, the pandemic and all this stuff. I mean, I'm sure it makes it more difficult for them to get this stuff done because I mean, it might be harder to get everyone into one place to get things done naturally. And also, um, it's, it, I do, I like those directs. I feel like a lot of people really do enjoy those because there's really not a company out there, like a game company that just does this. And like, it's, it's like, it's such a brilliant idea to say, Hey, uh, we're going to do a live, st- uh, not necessarily a live stream. It's like a, just a video we release premiere or whatever. And we're just going to show off every single game that we have. That's going to be coming soon. It's free marketing. People love this. I'm, I'm surprised other game developers haven't done anything like this. Or maybe they have and it's just not uh, common. I guess I'm not 100% sure. I just know Nintendo does it. Or at least they did. I guess there's some hope that they will be doing some more uh, Nintendo Directs. Because I believe I saw there was a job application form for Nintendo Directs. So, or at least for video entertainment uh, announcements. So I'm assuming if it, I'm assuming it's someone that would be able to work on Nintendo directs or some announcement, maybe they might just rebrand Nintendo direct and make it a little bit different. Who knows? But you know, I'm really excited to see what Pokemon has to offer. And I would love to see an announcement video, but I mean, lately all they've been doing is just posting on Twitter and saying, Hey, here's a new game. Go check it out. So I'm just like, it, it's just, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see what happens, but it's 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 always exciting to hear more about a Pokemon game. And considering that there's rumors that that there is merchandise in the works already for Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, I mean, I would have to say it probably is sir. It's probably a good chance that we will be getting our Diamond and Pearl remakes this year. So, hey, I'm excited. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty solid. OK, so I'm going to see if we have any questions that I could answer in the uh, in the Discord here, which by the way, if you want to join the Discord, come over to my YouTube channel. There is a Discord link on any of my live streams. And yeah, let's just see what we got for questions. I'm just going to scroll back a little bit. So, uh, okay. So what can Game Freak do to make future games better? Okay, I guess we'll, we could talk about that. So Game Freak was... Yeah, they really were in their mojo from like Gen 1 to probably Gen 4, some into Gen 5, and then after Gen 5, it kind of went down a bit just because I feel like the games got easier <laughs> since then. I mean, X and Y was pretty easy, and Gen 7 was pretty easy as well and boring, and Gen 8 was not necessarily easy, but the story was boring because <laughs> how many times I played it for challenge videos, but yeah, no, I would say for me, the best things that they could do is not only either if they're going to have story, make it more intriguing, make it more dark or something. Cause I do like darker stories. Like with a lot of these Pokemon fan games that come out, they're just like people that make these custom games for everyone to play. It's free to play. And sometimes Nintendo takes them down to protect their intellectual property, but sometimes they don't. Anyways, the uh, I some of them had like dark stories, and I I feel like to some extent 
it could be a you know a dark story could make a pokemon game rated 10 or rated e10 or something but that would be kind of unfortunate but uh, i don't know man just the idea that if they can just have a more intriguing story even if it meant to be a little dark i would be really really ecstatic i'd be excited for that so intriguing story okay so what's next difficulty so i feel like a lot of uh recent pokemon games have definitely gotten easier gen 6 i felt like was pretty easy gen 7 easy gen 8 i feel like they they bumped up the difficulty on gen 8 a little bit but that's only if you decide not to dynamax yourself in major battles but uh yeah i would say the best thing nintendo could do or at least pokemon company game freak they could do a a difficulty toggle i mean seriously how hard is it to have three difficulties easy normal hard that's it and they could vary from so each one would have different levels obviously easy having the lowest level harder hard having all the higher levels and then each one could have maybe what uh tms can be taught to pokemon that are like at least like custom move sets that are not just you know like level up moves and just make things so each individual move set is much more difficult throughout uh like the higher like the higher difficulties and then the easy would have easy move sets also the ai the ai could be chained so we could have it like for the easy mode have the most ridiculously dumb AI. So that, that way for new beginners, they can figure out what they're doing. Normal be like, okay, well, you know what? I mean, that's, they're somewhat difficult that having really strong AI for this hard difficulty. I would love that. I would do all my content at the hard level. So that way we could get that content. You know, we always do hard nuzlocks on the YouTube channel for the content. So naturally I'd want to do the harder difficulties. And yeah, no, I feel like that would be a solid thing. Come on, Game Freak, do that. Please do. And yeah, so let's also talk about the, uh, what was it? Oh, crap. Well, I, I, I honestly just drew a blank. Oh, randomizers. Now, I would love it if they just gave Pokemon games randomizers. Like, you don't, maybe you have to unlock it. Like, if you beat the game once, then you can unlock a randomizer mode. Okay, that's fine. But at least give us the option because I know there's a lot of people that do software modding to their uh, Nintendo Switches for the current games to get a randomizer on them. And first of all, that risks people bricking the Switch. And also, it also if they're successful in software modding their Switch, it also leaves a lot of vulnerabilities on the Switch for people to get free games. And that definitely would discourage a lot of people to uh it would stop people from modding their switches if it meant that they could just do a randomizer i mean i feel like that would just be amazing i, I would totally be happy with a randomizer even if i had to beat the game once to get it i would be a-okay with that no question just it gives more variety to each individual adventure and yeah i mean some things can be a bit broken you can run into legendaries trainers have them or wild pokemon you get legendaries but that's all the, that's just what's so good about a randomizer. It's just, it's, it makes it feel like you just have a whole new experience, even though it's the same game. And I mean, what can, I mean, what really can you, uh, argue about that? I mean, like, why not give people more ways to play the game? And that would, I feel like that'd be a really easy feature for them to add. Because especially like in Pokemon Radical Red, another, it's a Pokemon fan game that's actually based off Pokemon Fire Red. 
they actually added a randomizer feature within the game. If you could do it within Fire Red, I think the game developers of the actual games could put a randomizer in the actual games. So I don't know. I would definitely love to see that. I would definitely love to see that. So let's see. I'm going to go and check another, uh, get another question here. Okay. So, buh, buh, buh. <laughs> I got, okay, so I got a uh, question here, is water wet? Now, this could be one of the most controversial topics. I remember in high school, whenever I we talked about, you know, there, when that thing came out and everyone was talking about it, we had students talking about it, teachers talking about it, getting lectures about, not really lectures, but they took time to actually explain their stance on whether water is wet or not. And let's just say there's some fiery, uh, fiery responses. People are so certain it's either wet or it's not wet. And you can look at it from different perspectives. Like for example, also just let me know in the comment section on YouTube. What, if you think water is wet, let me know. But, uh, uh, so water, so the, the argument for water is that if you have, if you put water particles on a, t like, you know, just onto a towel, it becomes wet, right? So if you have a, a, a water molecule that is surrounded by other water molecules, then it means that it's technically wet because uh, with all the other water molecules around it, surrounding it, then it means that like, as if it was a towel, it goes on the towel, it becomes wet. So theoretically in that, in that regard, it could be wet. Now, people say, uh, now water can it, can it, so the argument for not being wet is that, well, let's just say that if you have, if you have a water molecule and you surround it by other water molecules, uh, it's the same thing. So technically it cannot be wet because, and I'm sure there's other reasons why too, but considering that it is a water molecule, it's surrounded by other water molecules. A one, all the other water molecules cannot make that one molecule wet. And where do I stand on this? I, I'm a very in the middle kind of person, but I would still, I like the argument that water is wet just to say it is, you know, just to say it is. And I want to know what you guys think in the comment section on YouTube. And if, yeah, obviously if you're listening to the podcast on, uh, on Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple podcast, uh, the other miscellaneous podcasts out there. There's so many platforms. Also be sure to give me a, a positive rating, by the way, I really would appreciate it. Uh, if you, I guess you could also voice your opinion. Uh, you could, you could go to my YouTube channel, put in the comments, but also I actually opened up an email for my, uh, podcast. So if you want to send me any questions, just send an email to thirdgencast at gmail.com. Simple as that. So if you want to send any questions, feel, feel free to the email uh, that way. So I could also look at that too if we have some other questions that you are curious about what my stances are on. Obviously, we're not going to be talking politics or anything like that. That's off the table. We don't talk about that. We're just going to be talking about the things that I want to talk about and people and things that are less dividing, you know? But uh, yeah, so send me an email, thirdgencast at gmail.com if you want to send a question. Or if you're watching on YouTube, just put it down in the comment section down below. 
And yeah, so I'm going to be wrapping it up here for this podcast. Also, um, before we actually get going here, uh, the third gen cast mug, uh, be sure to go check out the merch store, which is actually on my YouTube channel. And if you want me to link you the merch store, I can send you a link. If you're at a podcast, if you're just send me an email and be like, Hey, what's the link to the merch store? I can provide that to you. We do not have a custom URL yet, but I guess Teespring is actually changing how they do it. So you actually can get a custom URL, which that's exciting. So maybe when I actually get that, uh, when that actually happens, I can just say, Hey, go to third gen, the third gen gamer dot teespring.com or something. I don't know what, I don't know what the, uh, custom URLs will be, but that's good to know for the future. So I'm going to be wrapping it up here. Uh, it's at, it's a rather decent length. Thank you so much for watching everyone. Uh, be sure if you're on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. If you're new, hit that bell icon for notifications where I upload. And also, if you're on any miscellaneous podcast, be sure to follow me or subscribe to me or whatever podcast platform you're on. And also give me a thumbs up, five-star rating, whatever it is that uh, your podcast platform actually allows you. So we can push out this podcast to more people. I would appreciate it. Also, share out the podcast. Share it out to all your friends and family because, yeah, we want to get this podcast moving. That's 100% what we want to do. So, yeah, anyways, thank you so much for watching, everyone, and I'll see you all next week with the next episode of the Third Gen Cast.